Welcome to another episode of the Pete Potential Success Show. My name is Fong Chuan, I'm an entrepreneur, business strategist, real estate investor, speaker, and also best-selling author. And every single day, I help others unlock the potentials and guide them to succeed. Today, we have an amazing guest. And on this show, we interview celebrities, multimillionaires, business CEOs, speakers, uh, athletes, and performers to find out their path to success, uh, how they overcome challenges, adversity, and of course, their keys to success. And this ne- next individual is definitely somebody who can shine some light into that because she is very sought after as a speaker, uh, someone who's an expert with regards to leadership, helping youth uh, find their, their inner inner fire, uh, and also being able to lift up people's spirits. And I've seen some of her speak speaking engagements. It's absolutely amazing. Very passionate individual. When she speaks, people listen because she's so, so engaging. And I'm very excited to have her here. She loves mentoring young champions find their inner fire to attract more opportunities to help them uh, add more value to the community. Uh, She's been the representative of her country at the United Nations 75th Global Talk Series. She's done so many different things. Uh, She is a multiple award winner from human rights to uh, inspirational individual to governance on so many different boards. I mean, her list of credentials is completely endless. Absolutely fascinating individual. Uh, She's written the book uh, 28 times, uh, 28 traits of an all-round optimist, which is something that not many people can say they are, but for somebody who's written a book on it, I'm sure we're going to find some great insight onto that as well. Uh, she's the founder of the Learn Zone Foundation, the driver of Readers Are Leaders. So please welcome author, educator, positivity coach, leadership expert, speaker, the world-renowned Dr. Lin Ujiabi. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Fontra. Hey, awesome. Thanks for being here. You're all the way from uh, Africa? Yes, Africa, Nigeria. Wow, awesome place. Yeah. Uh, I would love to be there sometime. I was I was you very should. fortunate to be able to speak at one of their uh, virtual conferences, which was absolutely oh, fascinating. Uh, really? And I'm pretty sure that's where I met you. And uh, oh, yes, you were absolutely sure. dynamic there. Thank you so much. And you have been amazing. Absolutely. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, let's get right into it. How did you become this world-renowned speaker, leader, when it comes to uh, helping youth and uh, help, helping people with mindset and being an optimist? How did you get to all that stuff? What was your journey? Oh, well, my journey has been so fascinating and remarkably amazing. You know, growing up as a child, uh, I was um, the last um, child, actually. I have a lot of older ones who motivated me to, to read a lot. My mom used to read a lot of books. So I think that's where all the all stemmed from. My idea about life, my perspective began to shift based on what I was exposed to through books and reading. So I could literally trace everything I've done as an adult back to my habits as a child. So growing up, I read a whole lot of books, shared some with my siblings, shared with my mom. So I had this idea about life that I can be anything I want to be. So that's it. So growing up, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a whole lot of things all at once. (laughs) But somehow my path went through the education sector. Mm -hmm. So I began to develop leadership skills from an educational institution. And from there, I had this flair to also share what I gained from, that's reading habits. So I started the foundation. So what we literally do is encourage young people to read, encourage young people to believe in themselves, encourage young people to be what they want to be, 
But first of all, they must arm themselves with quality education, right? So, so that's it basically. So from there, I moved on. Being a, an educational leader inspired me to read further. So I went ahead to get my master's degree in educational leadership. And I wanted a little more, a little bit more. So I pushed further to study educational leadership at a doctoral degree. So that armed me a whole lot to be more expressive about my views as regards leadership and governance, as regards educational leadership, as regards even self-leadership, how to lead yourself first before you can lead others. Mm -hmm. So that's um, it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating. Uh, when you're talking about uh, reading and how important reading is, I, I remember when I was a kid, I hated reading. Um, I, I was a very slow reader and it took oh. so much time. I, I got oh, really yeah. bored. But you talked about uh, talked about reading habits. So how do you encourage uh, kids right now or even adults to read more? Are there certain ways that they can uh, add into their daily routine that it makes reading a habit and more fun or more, more I don't know, exciting for them exciting, to want right? to do every single day? Okay, um, for children, it's easier because they are, they are like wet cement. So you can actually, you know, put some things in there and to stay for a long time. So for children, you just need to flood your space with books. And then storytelling is a good way. Like I remember my mom then, she would tell me about um, Robinson Crusoe. I don't know if you read that book. And certain classics, you know, Pride and Prejudice. She would tell me about the story so much that I want to read it. And she'd be like, I can't tell you everything. Go read the book. <laughs> right? So that spoiled me. So for children, it's easy. You can walk, talk to them about reading, and then you model it. So if you want your child to read, you should read more. So when they see you read, they begin to also do those things. Because it's easy to tell a child to do something, but it's best to show the child by doing it yourself. So for children, it's easier to you know talk to them about books, about reading, about the importance of reading. But for adults, their minds are already formed. So one, you have to have the interest, but if you don't have the interest, my advice would be, you can do 20 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, but just make sure you're doing it consistently. And before you know it, you can't sleep off without reading a few pages and somehow it becomes a habit. So, okay. so that's, that's, uh, that's my take on that. Because uh, I know lots of uh, adults now are thinking, wow, I, I want to read more, but man, it takes so much time. It takes me months to finish a book. Do you have any tips or tricks or something that helps people either uh, develop faster reading habits or ability to absorb information faster? Oh, well, um, for me, I think it depends on what you're reading for. If you're reading for academic purposes, it is a compulsory thing to do. <laughs> so but if you're reading for fun or for pleasure, it's easier for you to do it at your time and based on your interests. So imagine an adult that is so captivated about science and you tell him to read a folk tale. He may not be so interested. Right. But if you channel his interest towards maybe some scientific writing, maybe something about, you know, it, you'll see that the person would want to. So it depends on what you're reading for. If you're reading for fun, if you're reading for entertainment, it's different. If you're reading for academic purposes, it's different. If you're reading for research, it's also different. So based on what you're reading for, you begin to develop certain patterns. And then if you can be consistent with those patterns, it becomes a habit. 
So that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, you Have I been able to answer that question? Have I been able to? Yeah, that was good. That? that was good. Um, I, I, I also recommend people doing audiobooks if that's something oh, that yeah. they're unable to focus mainly on reading. Uh, reading yeah. and listening to something would actually help them do do both at the same time kind of thing. Uh, at least that's what Very I think true. helps for me. Uh, I, yeah. I like doing audiobooks all the time. But um, yeah. you mentioned about educational leadership. You talked about how you have to become a leader yourself or teach yourself to be a leader before you can go out and lead somebody. Now, when when is that when is that uh, step? When does somebody find out that you know what? I think I'm capable of starting to lead. Now, of course, there's different levels of leadership. Uh, you might be able to lead a whole, lead a whole bunch of uh, youth leaders at first, and then as you grow a little bit more, you lead a bunch of a team. But at what stage do you go, you know what, for some, an individual to go, I'm ready yeah, to start leading? Yeah. So the leadership concepts can be nature or nurture. But if it comes by nature, you still need to nurture it. So they can channel it. You know, there are some children, they just grow up with these tendencies to lead. You, you spot it, then you have to nurture it. Then certain people, is based on where they find themselves, maybe their niche, or their path in life, or leadership is trust upon them. So you still need to nurture. And the path of nurturing yourself to be an effective leader starts with self-leadership. You should be able to lead yourself. You should be able to you know, control your emotions, exert emotional intelligence. Be able, you, you put yourself in the position where you'll be able to inspire others. Leadership is about influence, and everything, according to a very renowned speaker, rises and falls on leadership. So before you, you now say, oh, yes, I can do this. I can lead. Can you lead yourself? So it starts with the self, first of all. So you can read books about leadership. You can attend conferences, or you can go to school, get an education on leadership, which is fine. It's part of the nurture that you need to on the, on the go before you can say, okay, I have it in the grasp of my fingers to be able to lead others. But you must prepare yourself. Like if you want to go to, for any battle, there should be strategies, right? You have to put things in place so that when you get there, you know what to do. There are no surprises. And then when you look at yourself and then you see that this has just fallen upon me, I've been told to lead a team. So you have to be reflective. You have to do a SWOT. What are my strengths, my weaknesses, what are the threats? And all of that. So these will help you to, you know, decide on how do I want to lead? Do I want to go transformational? But that generally leadership is situational though. So where you find yourself, you have to, you know, manage the situation based on who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with, and then you decide what steps and what actions to take. Mm -hmm. Now, do you believe that anybody could be a leader if they really wanted to? Oh well, um, it still depends. <laughs> if you nurture, you could. Mm -hmm. But nothing comes easy. Everything comes with a price. So, well, maybe somebody out there may just be preparing himself or herself, not knowing what is right ahead. And then an opportunity comes. You can give it a shot. But remember, nurture. You must prepare yourself. You must develop yourself to be that thing that you want to see in others first mm -hmm. so. one of the most important traits as a leader is being able to stand up in front of people and speak being able to really take charge lead direction and whatnot so a person could go through conferences courses and learn all the technical 
elements of a leader, but until they put it in place and and practice it, it's almost impossible to become that leader that you want to be. So what do you tell people who are, let's say, shy of standing up in front of people or afraid of speaking up? How do you help them overcome that challenge? Okay, but first of all, leadership is, goes beyond speaking in front of a crowd, right? Leadership goes beyond that mm -hmm. and being shy. There are certain um, levels of leadership that you may not even need to be speaking to a crowd or you may not even be the voice in front, but you may be behind the scenes trying to nurture people to give um, turnout results or get a favorable outcomes for the organization. So um, for people that are shy, is one day at a time. Start with the smaller circle. Try to work in collaboration with others, right? A, a good leader doesn't even have one voice. A good leader can speak through all the people around them mm -hmm. if you know what you're doing. So, but for those that are shy, maybe they don't know how to be expressive, right? So there are several things you can do to help yourself. The way to get better is by more practice. So you have to always find a forum where you have to discuss with people, talk to people, you know, eye, maintain eye contact, then do a lot of research. Because sometimes what gives us confidence is what we know. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, totally. So you, yeah, so if you have the confidence of knowing your onions, as it's put it, you should be able to express yourself to a large extent. There are certain people that are shy, right? But when it comes to their niche, they, they, they get lost in what they are saying or what they are doing because they are so they are so full of the ideas and and all that is made of. So imagine um, you are a medical practitioner and then you've been looking for a cure for cancer, right? And no matter how shy you are, as soon as they tell you to tell maybe a group of people the benefits of your research, truly at some point you get lost in explanation. You can't even find the shyness anywhere. Yeah. So for people that are shy. Practice makes perfect. So find avenues where you talk to people, express yourself. Technology has come to our aid. So maybe you can hold mini Zoom meetings with your team. You know, at least you won't be pressured with all the eyes looking at you from the table, right? So you can, you know, walk around those lines, right? Mm -hmm. Do some audio conversations that would minimize your shyness. Then gradually you can move to doing a whole lot of speaking with a whole lot of people. Mm -hmm. so, totally agree. I, I think I think I think it's very magical once you find that spark in somebody when they're speaking about something. Um, when yeah. when you ask them, what are you passionate about? What is your hobby? What do, do you really like to share? And that shyness disappears. You see their yeah. eyes sparkle and they start talking and it's full of confidence. Um, yeah. something else you mentioned is the controlling emotions. And that's very important for a leader because you can't look too frazzled. You can't be too emotionally engaged. Yeah. But then there's a line at, at which you can't be completely stone cold. You need to have some empathy. You have to have some authenticity there too. So how does one learn to control their emotions? When to turn it on, turn it off, how to control it well, what to show, what not to show. How do you, how do you manage emotions for a person or for yourself? Okay. Oh, yeah. Like um, for me, I'm, I'm kind of, let me start with my experience before now. When the first time I had to lead a group of people, right, in an educational institution, I was, I was quite young, like really young. And some of these people were a lot older than I was at that time. 
But the good thing is, my boss believed in me, and so um, the team and leadership kind of trust on me. In as much as we were working as a team over those people, as an management team, but at some point I could be really emotional. But I kept talking to my boss. She also mentored me about how to go about these things. Oh, come on, Lynn, you can't baby around. You can't be, you can do this. So go for it, do this. So sometimes you need someone to mentor you. At other times, you need just one person that believes in you. Someone that would say, you got this, you can do this. And then he said, face, leadership is based on your collective experience. So I'm not that person I used to be then. Right now, I can have those emotions, but I have a better control of them, uh -huh. unlike before. So I think for people to control their emotions, they first have to lead themselves. They first have to know those areas that you know they can't really take. Right? For a leader, you shouldn't be too soft. You shouldn't be too hard. So you have to try to strike a balance. That's where emotional intelligence comes in. So know what you want to achieve, look at the outcomes and see how you involve other people without taking it personal. With that, I think you you find a way around it without being too, and then you must also learn impulse control. If you don't have impulse control, you're going to lose everything mm -hmm. just by a click of the fingers because as soon as it happens, you're not even going back to reflect. So as a leader, you have to have that reflective part of you. There are certain decisions you mustn't take now. Just give me a minute. I'll get back to you. So it gives you time to reflect and then helps you to avoid impulse control. And someone says something that doesn't go well with you. Well, sometimes think about it. For me, it works for me. I always start with myself. Why am I uncomfortable with this thing? Is it a me thing or is it a general thing? So that helps me to look at things from the perspective of everybody before I take a decision. So for anybody that has decided to tow the path of leadership, you have to have emotional intelligence. You have to be able to control your emotions intentionally because nobody's going to do it for you. You can read all the books, you can listen to all the podcasts, you know, but if you don't take intentional steps to control your emotions, it's going to be rough for you for a while. Right. Now, I know you work with a lot of uh, business individuals, entrepreneurs, uh, leaders in their own right. And what are some of the most common things that you see in leaders or business CEOs or entrepreneurs that are preventing them from really achieving what leaders should achieve? What are some of the most common things that they fail at? Okay, um, from this part of the world, uh, I think it's generally integrity is a, is a huge um, problem in leadership. People want to trust you for them to, you know, follow you. Leadership is influence. And everything rises and falls on leadership, as a renowned speaker once said. So integrity, most leaders are, lack integrity to a large extent. Then mentorship, in as much as you are the leader, you should mentor others. You should be able to raise other leaders. You should get to that level of transcendency where you have come to lead. Now you have to lead others to be able to lead others. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that is lacking in leadership. And then integrity is one major problem. And then um, some leaders do not, um, they stop learning. Let me put it like that. When you stop learning, you've died. 
before your main death, truly, because time is the currency of the 21st century. As things are changing, you should change with time. You should move with what is happening. So, but if you stop learning, it will just be there and you'll be crushed. You know, so for you to be an effective leader, you must always develop yourself. Professional development is important. Integrity is important. The mentorship is also important. That a whole lot of things that comes with leadership, but I'll leave it right there. <laughs> nice. Um, I know that. And one of the things that you're doing right now is you're working with uh, lots of youth, lots of children, yes. so that they are able to grow up as better leaders, uh, better individuals. Now, you talk about how to help them add more value to the uh, society, how to attract more opportunities. What are some of the things that you teach them so that they are able to add value and that they are able to attract more opportunities? How does that work? Okay, first of all, um, we teach them to equip themselves with education. Arm yourself, because we start with the grassroots. So low-income areas, the communities, so we try to encourage them. Take your book seriously. Yearn for more. Then you can be something better than who your parents were or where you find yourself. So we give, we, we, we coach them. We do mentorship sessions. We do skill acquisition. We do employability skills. We do a whole lot of things that will help them to see value in themselves enough to add value to others. So that's actually what we do. So we hold sessions with them. Young girls, you love science. So what's stopping you? Read, do research. And then if you need help, we try to also match you know, some philanthropic individuals to people that need the help so that they can either help them with their education or sponsor them to, to go to school or help them to learn a trade and all of that. And then if they see that you're giving value to them, and you're encouraging them to not just get value, but to be valuable enough to add value. You see that they begin to believe in themselves, they begin to gain confidence, they begin to yearn for more. I, just, I don't just want to be this way, I want to be much more. I, I see my talent, I begin to see my gifts. I, I think I can do this. So that's all it's all about. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to children in, in this generation, it's every generation is different. You mentioned about how uh, a leader needs to change, how to need to adapt with what times are and how things are in the society right now. Uh, things are different for kids now compared to yes. when we were kids, when you were kids. And yeah. there's different aspects of how we learn. So for instance, back when we were young, we were reading something because there may not be a movie on that already, or there's no YouTube video on that already. Kids now have access to all of that. They have social media, they have all that kind of thing. So for kids right now, what have you found is the most lacking aspect that helps them develop to become better leaders? What are, what are some of the challenges, the challenges that they face right now that forces them to uh, how to find a different way to become better leaders. Okay, um, for this generation, uh, you know, we are the millennials, as it's been said, and then we have the Gen Zs and now the alphas. So with the times, you see that attention span of children is even short. There are a lot of distractions with this age. However, technology has come to their age because you have the visuals, you have the flip learning, you have um, different mediums that enrich the education. So I think they are better than we are. But the only difference is our time 
we could focus on one thing and then we could achieve it. Not like they can't do that, but there's so much, there's so much distraction. And then because of how technology is exploding, I don't know, well, their options are kind of, you know, just a bit one-sided. Now there's chat GPT, so there's a whole lot of workforce that's going to be eliminated, you know. So challenging them towards a purpose is one challenge that we may have. But there's so much, in as well, there's so much options. There are also limited options. So it's a very, it's a, it's, it's a, it's when someone is actually between a rock and a hard place. So for this younger generation, how are we going to make them focus on a thing and see it to the end? Mm. Because everybody wants quick results. You know, teaching them to go through the process is kind of tricky these days. So I think that's one of the major challenges we're facing. So, so how do you help kids focus? I mean, like, they, they go, why am I reading all this when I could jump online and I could find a, a, a video or something talking about this book already? Yeah, you know, like, you how do you about, keep them focused? Yeah, you know you talked about audiobooks, right? So there are several ways to engage them. If you do meaningful um, events that will help them to interact with others, that is also a way of getting them to focus on one thing at a time. If you also infuse technology into what you're doing, right? We've talked about audiobooks. There are digital libraries. You help them to get access to digital libraries and they're able to explore certain things. It's also enriching to them. So those are one of the ways. So talking to them, mentorship is always priceless. I think there's a win with that. You know, some young people like it when you talk to them at their level, not like a mom or a dad or you know it all. So sometimes you let down your guard and be a child for a while, and then you blend with them, you tell them about your experiences, you know, hear about theirs without judging them. So when they loosen up, you begin to tell them about what you think is important to them without imposing on them, and you win them over. You know, and then it, it feels good when someone comes and say, well, I, I really gained a whole lot from what we talked about the other time. And I've given a talk to it. And I think I want to throw this line. Or I think I want to do this. You know, it's so fulfilling. So one way is to first of all, grasp their attention by loving what they love in a beat to reach out to them. So, and that's what over time. Uh, now, you wrote the book on the 28 traits of an all-around all optimist. Optimist, uh, yeah. Does that mean that uh, you never have a bad day? Oh, definitely. <laughs> you will always have bad days. Like, it is part of life, you know. But when life throws you curveballs, right, it's only a bend, not the end. So when you know that, it's easy for you to get up and get going. And then always look at the positive side. Something happens, the first thing that comes to my mind is, come on, what is there for me to learn in this? So it takes my mind off the negativity at that point, no matter how bitter it is. And I begin to find the positives. Sometimes it may not even work immediately because you feel so bad. But take a breather and then think of how, you know, count your blessings and they're able to move on. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Can you... There are bad days, but there are also more good days than bad days. So is, there a, is there a story? Is there a scenario where you had to really, really search hard for the positive learning point? For, for you to oh. move on from something like something was so oh, yeah. difficult and then you go I yeah. find something to learn from this what was that uh, what was that like well when I lost my elder brother mm -hmm. it really got to me really I tried to find my positive side 
because I was really grieved. Like he, he had an accident, he did some surgeries, and was so hopeful that he would get through, but somehow he passed. So that was a very trying time for my family and I. And you know, we we it was it was a very tough phase. However, when I remember the good times we had, I say his kids, they're so amazing. There's one that looks so much like him. I reflect on our conversations and I'm grateful. Even our kids, like he left us something to remember him by. Uh -huh. So I had to flip to the positives, right? And sometimes what would he want me to do in this situation? You know, what was that funny thing he said? And I laughed and it wasn't so bad. I feel it, but come on. I don't think you want me to mourn for the rest of my life. Right. He, he, he had always known I had a lot of potential. So I want to do those things that will make him proud. So that's it. Wow. That's probably the ultimate way because uh, losing somebody you love is... Yeah. very difficult and moving on is something that people need needs to find their way and and yes. that's one of those ways that uh, people need to figure out on their own and uh implement now you you wrote 28 ways uh what yeah. are those 28 traits or is there something that you could share your top five with us right now oh well i have um i have there are some that i really i really love a lot but one is one that i always you know, like to talk about is how not to dwell in the negative, which I think I've talked about a whole lot. And then how to work well with people, your crowd, who are the people around you. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have people, you know, that you have to work with only positive people. We have to have certain, not your your clan rather, should be made up of people that, you have the ones that will encourage you. You still have need the ones that will tell you the truth. You still need the ones that will push you and you, know, you still need the ones that you can go to when you need succor. So there are certain ingredients that keeps your positivity going, right? And then you need to pay attention to the little things, celebrating the little things, gratitude. That's another um, trait that I really, really love. For people that have been doing gratitude journaling, it is amazing. And for those that haven't, you can pick up that habit counting your blessings, being grateful for the little things, right? So those things help you to rejuvenate your positivity from time to time. Looking out for others. The world is not about us only. How do you want to add value? Because there's some kind of joy that comes with doing things for others. So you have to also think about giving out to others, reaching out to others. Then you should also think about Yourself, developing yourself is part of it. What is your PDP, your professional development plan? Because there's something that comes with learning all the time. So if you keep learning, you get better, you get more confident, you get happier. It's not a guarantee to lasting happiness, but it adds to your daily joy. Mm -hmm. So my take is, you know, pay attention to these things, gratitude, your relationship with other people, how you can add value to others, you know, to the part of giving back right sincerity appreciation contentment these are ingredients that make up someone that wants to live an impactful life mm -hmm. and who wants to enjoy positivity do you have a daily routine where you wake up and you do a whole bunch of things so that you make sure that you start the day right oh yes i have lots but um i think um first of all 
I always keep a book and a pen close to my bed. And then, of course, I have my digital notepad as well. So I can put down a few thoughts right when I wake up. And then, of course, I like taking walks. Not every day, but from time to time. But when I wake up in the morning, take a breather, reflect. I love reflecting. So I reflect on what has been, what will be, and what, you know, I, I reflect on what has been, what is, rather, and what will be if I start my day. So if I have to go to the office, I try as much as possible to go earlier than, you know, necessary. Reason is I like to get into my space, you know, relax and have a feel of what I want to do. And before then, I must have done my to-do list a day before. So I already have a lot of things planned out. I'm not saying I'm going to achieve everything, but at the back of my mind, I know out of the list of five or six, I should be able to achieve four. And I try as much as possible not to wait for things to be urgent, right? Uh -huh. If it's important, face it when it's important before it becomes urgent. You know, some people do the urgent and important. I used to do that too when I wasn't so aware. I'm like, is it urgent? Is it important? Okay, let's go with urgent. But the real deal is treat things when they're important as much. Don't wait till they're urgent, else you won't give it your best shot. So these are some of the things that I put in place to help me, mm -hmm. you know, be the best I can be. <laughs> now, what are you working on right now that uh, is taking most of your, your focus or most of your energy that needs more attention from, from everybody else? Like people that don't understand what's going on or they don't realize that certain things are going on that you're very focused mm -hmm. on working on right now. Okay. Um, right now I'm working on my book. I'm I'm kind of done, just a few tidbits here and there. The gold digger mentality. The gold digger mentality, that's the title of my book. So the goal is G-O-A-L, not gold. <laughs> so you have the <laughs> so the gold digger mentality is what I'm wrapping my head around. I'm hoping that it will be published as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So that's what's taking my main focus. And I'm also I'm working on kickstarting um, some kind of talk show like for leaders, right? So that they could share their wins and then their pitfalls so that others can learn from it. So we have the Lenzone Foundation, we have the Lenzone Consult, we have the Lenzone Leadership Network. So we're working around, I'm trying to you know, expand with my team, we're trying to work on how all this can come to limelight, you know, so that people can benefit from it. So basically, it's the book, The Gold Digger Mentality, and then the Lens on Leadership Network, which will be a forum for leaders to talk about their experiences so that young leaders and others can learn from them. Awesome. Uh, now, you mentioned a few times about the importance of mentorship, uh, how, how you surrounded yourself with people who supported you. Is there something that one of your mentors told you that was absolutely a game changer for you throughout your, your career? Wow, a whole lot. I can't even remember so many because it's it's like a it's it's nonstop. I I've, I've been blessed with good people around me. Really, my mom is phenomenal. Like it's like she's a walking. She she drops quotes like every single time. So you have something you 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 learn and you want to apply. Then I've met people too. My elder sisters, my brothers, then my boss. She's amazing, you know. And then I have several other. You know, mentors that from time to time they, they check what I'm doing, they, they give me the true picture of what they think and they spur me to do more. Oh no, you can do it this way. And 
sincerely, I always ask for feedback. You know, so that's one thing that most people do not pay attention to. If you're not open to objective criticism or criticism generally, people won't tell you your flaws or tell you ways to be better. So that has really helped me because they know I'm told, did I do well? What can I do better? What do you think I missed out? So they tell me, Lynn, you can do it this way. No, that shouldn't be. You would have taken another step and all that. So basically, we just get by with a whole lot of, you know, when you have, you're surrounded with good people, mentors here and there. I have so many of them, sincerely. So it just gives me that robust setting to sprout. You know, you just know that you fall on this side. You have comfort. You fall on this side. They'll criticize you, tell it to your face. No, 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 no. This won't work. You have to change. And, you know, I pick it up and I say, wow, that's something. But if you have that mindset of, no, I, I think I know. No, I, I disagree with you. Sometimes you may definitely disagree. However, what do you want? Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? So that's it. <laughs> that's true. Uh, now, I know throughout this interview, you've given a lot of great tips, a lot of great insight. Uh, if you were given the world stage and you had a few minutes to share with everybody one message that you want people to remember Dr. Lin for, what's that one message? Well, my message would be add value to others for you to be valued. So if you want to be valued, learn to add value to others then you increase your value. Awesome. How does, how does one look to add value to others? How does one know what other people want? Well, it's not so much about what other people want. Look around you. Mm -hmm. There must be something you can give, right? It may be your time. It may be your talent. It may be your gift. It may be your voice. It may be your scripts. Mm -hmm. It may be your mentorship. It may be your listening ear. Think of what you can give. Exactly. Sometimes the value we give may not be in pounds and dollars and yarn and all of that or naira. No, mm -hmm. value can come in different ways. So whatever you do, give value. You can be doing something for, for money, maybe a business, but there's still something valuable you can give, right? It may be to your customers, but maybe to people around you, maybe to your colleagues or maybe to your staff or maybe to your team. What you're doing from try is giving value. Right. Someone will listen to you and learn a whole lot and become better. Exactly. Someone can learn from the fact that you're not being paid, but you spend your time. Time is the currency of the 21st century. We are spending here trying to give value. So there's always something you can give. So I just want to advise everyone to set yourself. What can you give? What value can you give so you be valued? Because you are valuable from try. Because you're talking to a whole lot of people on your show. So why are you valued? Because of the value you bring to the table. So if we could all learn to give value more than thinking of how to receive value, the world would be a valuable place. Don't you think? Definitely. No, I, I was just trying to get a little bit more from you. <laughs> but thank you very much for that. Um, our time has gone by very fast. But before I let you go, um, I got five quick rapid fire questions for fun. Give me the first thing that comes. Oh my to god! Mind. All right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's say you're stranded on a deserted island. You have one food to eat for the rest of your life, no consequence. What's that food? Ooh, just one food. Could it be a fruit or just food? I don't care what you eat. 
you, that's all you're eating for the rest of your life, no consequence. Oh my god. You that's won't feel unhealthy, one. you won't be sick, you won't get uh, you won't get gain weight, nothing. You're still gonna be oh my god, healthy. I love tea. So if I could have tea like nonstop, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> um, I love tea a lot. Awesome. Uh what's one sport that you would love to win the gold medal in? One sport? Oh, long tennis. I've long always tennis. loved long tennis. Yes. No, sincerely, not like I play good, but I love the sport. So if I have to get a medal, long tennis, sincerely. If you were in the circus, what yes. role would you play? Would you a be singer? A, you're you a gonna singer. be a singer? <laughs> I love to sing, sing all my lungs out. Awesome. Yes. Um, yes. if you had the opportunity to work with one amazing leader. What which 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 is amazing leader would that be? Oh, that's relative now. Is it in my country? If it's in my country, Peter Obi mm -hmm. is a leader that we all yearn for, but we have not had. So that's it. Great. I actually have a couple more questions just for fun. Um, let's say this leader shows up at your door and goes, "Hey, I can't wait to work with you more. Boy, I'm hungry. Uh, what is that special dish that you can cook for this person?" Oh my God, if I say it, will you be able to pronounce it? That's the question. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it, you're saying it. <laughs> no, but I would want to hear you pronounce it. Egusi soup. Egusi soup. Egusi soup. <laughs> and what exactly is that? It's some kind of soup, you know, made with some melon seeds, mm -hmm. and then it's served with um, flour, a different kind of flour made from cassava. Mm -hmm. No, not granules rather, not really flour, you know, so you can pair it with that. So we call it eba or gari and egusi soup. It's really a delicacy. Check out for it in Canada. You should find a spot to get it. Give awesome. it a go. We'll do so. Yeah. Um, give me a number from one to five. Ooh. Four. One, two, three, four. So if you had to pick a color. Yeah. That equals to success to you which color would that be and why yellow and why i love yellow i love red i love pink but yellow because yellow gives off a whole lot of brilliance if you see a field of sunflowers it's so successful looks <laughs> fresh looks free like fertile land it shows how fertile the land is mm -hmm. you know when you see the sunflowers popped up all yellow so yellow any day Nicely done. So the color of success is yellow. Um, <laughs> thank you for your for your time, your insight, you. uh, and all the thank great stories so that you shared. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, any final words from you? And how would people get in touch with you? How do they get your book? How do they get more, uh, involved with LearnZone? Uh, what's all, what's all the contact stuff that they can find you? Okay. With? Um, on Facebook, we have the LearnZone Foundation. Well, we are still trying to build a website for it, a landing page. So that's it. And maybe you can display my my um, Facebook link. Um, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. So Lean Ujagri on LinkedIn. So we can take it up from there. Awesome. And any final words that you would like to share? Well, I would love to say a big thank you to you, Pontra. And then I want to say thank you to our audience. I want to encourage everyone to live the best life. Do the best you can. Be good. Have fun. 
focus on your dreams, be positive, add value, add value to others. <laughs> so that's it. Uh, thank you very much for everybody. Make sure thank you connect so with much. Dr. Lynn. And uh, I had a blast. So once again, thank you very much. Uh, she's you. Dr. Lin. My name is Fong Chua. Until next time, today is the day yeah. to lock your deep potential. We'll see you later. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.